0: side amen if you're here today you don't own a bible if you hold your hand up the ushers will bring you one it's our gift to you I want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the word of god I want to encourage you guys get in the word you got to have the word of god you need god's word we, we live by faith we live by the word of god you, you know i love prophecy i love to receive prophetic words but we don't live by prophecy the Bible doesn't say the just shall live by prophecy. It doesn't say the just shall live by praise and worship. It says the just shall live by faith. Faith is the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. So you got you to gotta get God's word into your heart. You can't live on just one meal a day or a week. You got you to gotta get into God's word every single day. Get in the book. Look at somebody, tell them, get in the book. Come on, stand with me one more time. Hold your Bible up in the air, and let's make a confession together. Lift it up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I will do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise today. He's worthy. Thank you, Lord. We magnify your name. Amen. You know, I just thought I'd just throw this out there. That really is not your definition of a big praise, is it? Just checking, because, man, you know, if that's your big praise, you all need help. Praise Jesus. Well, Shelby and I, uh, last week we had the opportunity to go to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, ministered there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We got off the plane, 30 minutes later they had us in a fine restaurant feeding us, and every time we opened our mouth while we were there, they shoved something in it. We, we were stuffed from the time we got there to the time we got back on the plane, and God showed up, and it was awesome, and people were laid out all over the floor, they were shouting, they were clapping, and yes, they were throwing money, and it was awesome, and, uh, uh, but they, you know what, it is, it was, is so interesting because in that environment, those, you know, that's a different world down there. Just a little different world. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, they're very, 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 uh, proper. everybody suited up from head to toe and, ties tight, and shoes are polished, and, and then I came in with jeans and a Harley Davidson shirt on, and, and uh, I think when I first got there, the people thought I was there to have the devil cast out of me, and they got a ministry team together. Then when I hit the platform, they didn't know what to do, and God showed up and moved outside the borders of their uh, mentality. It was really cool, uh, but you know what's, 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 what's crazy is that I was in that environment, and I couldn't wait to get home, but the reality is, is that we have our own borders of mentality that we operate within. And, and we, we have a hard time getting past the things that we like and the, and the things that we believe and, and the belief systems that we've constructed. And I really believe that God wants to do an amazing work in each of our lives individually and corporately, but we are being asked of God to lay down all the stuff that matters to us. Well, I got two goods and one well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy because it, let, let me just, let me just uh, forecast the future for you. The plan of God for your life is awesome. I mean, you may or may not have heard this scripture before, but God says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, he said, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has an incredible future carved out already for your life. He said, my plan isn't to hurt you, but it's to prosper you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to position you to win and succeed in any situation that you face in life. God wants you to be in a position like Paul where you have the ability to boldly and confidently say, I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's constantly infusing me with an inner strength. God is on your side. But yet there's, there's this little thing inside of us that's afraid to let go of the stuff that we've accumulated. And I'm not talking about merely, uh, you know, material possessions. I'm talking about belief systems and, 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 and likes and dislikes and, and, and things that we have gathered around our life that make us feel comfortable. And we're under the impression that if we lose that, that life's going to begin to teeter and we're going to lose control. But God said, I'm going to bless you. You know, if we would just surrender to God, his plan would begin to unfold at an incredible rate in our life. I believe the only thing that stands between the production of God's promise and, and, and you is time. And time can either be collapsed by the anointing or it can be expanded by the anointing. I think sometimes, you know, as a parent... Don't you find it just a little bit annoying as a parent when you want to do something for your children, but you've asked them to actually position themselves so that they can receive it. You ask them to do one thing, and it's like they refuse. And it's not that you're trying to manipulate them. It's that you desire to bless them, but you can't get them to do it. I think sometimes... As children of God, we might be a little bit annoying because God's asking that we would su- live a surrendered life. But we are clinging to that which we believe is ours. It's my life. It's my life. It's my life. Let's turn to a scripture, Matthew 16:24. I want to read this to you from the Amplified. It said, "Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. Look at the rest of it this morning. It says, take up his cross and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if in need be, in dying also. Go back to the first part of that verse. It says, if anyone desires to be my disciple, you know, we're, we're getting ready for sportsman's night and we're going to believe God for several hundred men to come and to be together and to have fun and to grow relationship and and to go to a new level with God but as we are getting ready and we set this up next week is the opening weekend of hunting season and uh, I just thought you know this what a great opportunity to begin just a short series uh talking about this season and, and about pursuit about the hunt the hunt is on look at somebody say the hunt is on Hey, man, you guys are all, yeah, he's over there clapping. Yeah, release the hounds. Here we go. <laughs> want to go kill something. <laughs> yeah, that's the first woo I've ever gotten out of him. That's awesome. Man, revival's in the house today. But today, I, today I just, w- just want to seed your brain and get you to begin to think about what is it that you are in pursuit of? What are you chasing after? Wh- what are you searching for? What's the hunt in your life? Believe it or not, we've got one more video. Can can we show that? say you know what defines your life that's what you're in pursuit of what are you chasing after what are you running after what do you love most you know the reality is is that we love god we love god we're here today because we love god but yet we have a problem it's kind of like the letter written to the churches in the book of revelations and he points out some things that were going pretty well for him but he said yet i have this one thing against you I think that in our society, in our lives, in in our own church, I think maybe the one thing that we might need to look at is that, yes, we love God, but do we love God more than we love ourselves? Or do we love ourselves more than we love our God? You know, the future God's began to really unfold a picture in my spirit about the future of the garden. And guys, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's crazy good. I, I can see the property that we've bought, and I can see buildings now on the property, and we're going to begin to move that direction. And we're, we're going to see ourselves positioned to have greater influence, greater impact on our community, on our region. But the reality is, is that if we're not careful, where we're going will become the motivator and not who we're going with. We got to love God. If any man, let's put the scripture back up again. If any, anyone desires to be my disciple, let's talk about our desire. It's so easy. You know, as a musician in praise and worship, it's so easy to become more concerned with with perfection, with melody, with harmony, with performance than with the presence of God. Instead of ministering to the heart of God, we kind of... put our identity in the sound that we create and we end up loving worship more than the one who's being worshiped in life it's so easy to be more concerned about what defines you than the by the, than to be concerned about the one who created you the one who called you out of darkness the one who translated you into the marvelous light of his dear son it's so easy to get sidetracked to be to have your focus shift off of god onto other things do we really love god more then we love ourselves. If anyone desires to be my disciple, is it true? Do you desire to be a follower of Christ? Is that really, honestly burning inside of our hearts? I think to take advantage of the opportunities that God is leading us into, that we've got to be a people who are on fire for God and nothing else matters nothing else. You know, I got to tell you that I I really don't care about being the pastor of a big church. I want to pastor people who have a heart that is filled with a zeal for God. If it's 14 of us, let it be 14 people who are on fire for God. I want to make a difference with my life, but I want my life to make the difference that God designed it for. I don't want it to be my purpose. I don't want it to be my will. I don't want it to be my desire. I don't want it to be the things that I like. Think about life. You get up in the morning after you've slept on a mattress that you like. You look for the clothes that you like. So you can go downstairs and eat the breakfast that you like. So you can get in the car you like and drive to a job that you like. So that you can work with people and do whatever it is that you do. Whatever it is you like to do. You eat food that you like. You hang with friends that you like. You find a church that you like, that preaches a message that you like, that has worship that you like. It's all about what you like. And life is really not supposed to be that way. It ought to be, what does God like? Have you ever stopped and asked God, do you like this? I'm fully persuaded that there's many things in each of our own lives that we know God doesn't like. But we like it. So we hang it. We cling to it. We protect it. We build arguments that support it. We do everything we can to justify it. And then we boldly say, I am a follower of Christ. I think we're assuming that God's going to follow us. We're living life the wrong way. We're expecting God to put his blessing on what we do, but we don't want to accept his leadership in our life. I'm not talking about what you wear or what you smoke or what you drink. I'm talking about simple little attitudes that we know God wants us to change. I think if the truth be told, we know our attitudes suck from time to time. And we don't want to do anything about it. We don't want to change it. We want to justify it. We want to spend all of our life, effort, resource, and time and energy to prove that we have a right to have an attitude that we know God wouldn't want us to have. We want to blame our condition on others and their actions towards us and what they've said about us and what they did to us and how they treated us. But life isn't about us. We've been called to a different level of life. We've been called to a different experience and yet we don't end up with the right outcome in life and then we wonder, why doesn't God's word work in my life? Well, the only part of God's word that works is the part that you do. And if you do it all, you get all the result that God planned for you. If you do part of it, you you know, 30, some 60, some 100-fold. I don't think you can be a 30% believer and get a 100-fold return. What I want for your life, Shelby and I, the leadership team, what we're praying for is insane victory. We're praying for incredible breakthrough. We're praying for the anointing of God to lift you to a level that causes you to walk above all the circumstances of life so that you can demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis and live a life that absolutely humiliates hell. But the only way you can get there is to surrender to God. It can't be about what you like, it's got to be about what He likes. God, what do you want? I want to be a disciple. I want to grow that desire. I need to increase that desire. I need to feed that desire. I need to, you you know, maybe for some of us, we need to begin to develop a desire at all. Maybe we're here for absolutely the wrong purposes, the wrong reasons. Well, why don't we change it? Why don't we develop a desire that will cause us to be a true follower of Christ? Go with me to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10. says, who is among you who reverently fears the Lord, who obeys the voice of his servant, yet who walks in darkness and in deep trouble and has no shining splendor in his heart? We'll just roll through these this morning, read them, come back. Let him rely on, trust in, and be confident in the name of the Lord, and let him lean upon and be supported by his God. Look at verse 11. It says, Behold, all you enemies of your own selves who attempt to kindle your own fire and work out your own plan of salvation, who surround and gird yourselves with momentary sparks, darts and firebrands that you set aflame. Walk by the light of your self-made fire and of the sparks that you have kindled for yourself, if you will, but this shall you have from my hand. You shall lie down in grief and in torment. The King James Version says that you'll lie down in sorrow. It says, you know what, if you live life by the light of a fire that you've kindled, in and, and just plain English, you'll be sorry. The end will not be what you expected. You do not get the desired result, living life your way. L- look at verse 10 again. Who is among you who reverently fears the Lord, who obeys the voice of his servant, yet who walks in darkness or deep trouble, has no shining splinter in his heart. Who is there? Who, who can you find that has surrendered to God, done what he said, and regretted it? Who is there that has trusted God, but yet has not had a burning fire that lights his way, that's inside of his life? You can't find anyone who's devoted their life to God and lived to regret it. Oh, I know people who really believe God, who have great circumstance, great challenge. That's not the point. The point is that God always brings you through. The point is that even if I die, I end up glorifying God. The point is is that his desire is to see me positioned to win and succeed. If his end for my life is the best possible end. But yet we build a fire of our own. We build a, something that will produce light of our own. We want to say it's God's, but it's ours. And we, we fight to protect it. We, we fight to to, to to prove that it's justified. We do everything we can to say, no, this is what I think. This is what I believe. And the reason we do that is because it's the stuff that we like. We don't, we, we don't like change. We don't like challenge. We, we don't like growth. But we've got to change. If anyone desires to be my God, disciple how great is your desire how great is your passion what really defines you i think maybe as a believer the thing that should define us is our zeal for god i think it ought to be our zeal for god i think we ought to be hungry for god how do i build this desire how do i begin to grow it can i give you three easy steps you ready write these down step one deny yourself deny yourself go go back to uh matthew 16 put it up there for me just i just want to show you we're getting this right out of the bible jesus said if you want to be my disciple deny yourself disregard lose sight of forget himself and his own interest set that aside deny yourself look at your neighbor say step one deny yourself Okay, ready for step two? Deny yourself. Did you write that down? You ready for step three? Deny yourself. You know, I tell you that the enemy that you have, Isaiah 50, 11. Isaiah 50, 11. Look at, look at what this says. Behold, all you enemies of your own selves. Behold, stop, focus, see this correctly. Your enemy is not a defeated Satan. Your enemy is yourself. God said that he wants to, you know, transform you by renewing your mind, by changing the way you think. God can transform you. He can cause you to be who he's created you to be if he can get you to change the way you think. Behold all you enemies of your own self. We've got to deny ourselves. You know, I I know that what we'd really like to have is a prayer line where we can get anointed with oil, prayed with, go out in life, be absolutely different. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's probably going to be some work, some effort that's required here. God, speak to me and tell me what it is that you want me to deny. You already know. And it's interesting that it says deny yourself. You don't need God to talk to you anymore. You already know. It is a characteristic that must be developed that will connect you to the end result that God declared for you at the beginning. Remember, words turn into thoughts. Thoughts turn into emotions. Emotions make choices. Choices determine actions. Actions determine habits. Habits develop character. Character determines final outcome. The outcome that God has for you has a characteristic, a character that is demanded. That outcome demands a specific character. The character that we possess has got to line up with God's word. How do I get it? By doing what God said. When I, if I do it long enough, pretty soon it's not an action, it's a habit. Once that habit is in my life, it turns into a characteristic that I possess. That characteristic develops the end, the end that God declared at the beginning. If I'm basing it off of God's word. So how do I get this characteristic? He tells us here, deny yourself. Denying yourself is not something that you need the Holy Spirit to come do for you. It's something that you do, you begin to develop that. That's a characteristic of mine that I've got to grow. I've got to grow this characteristic that I deny myself. I don't always do what I want. I don't always go where I want. I don't always eat what I want. I don't always say what I want. I don't always act the way I want. No, I do what God wants. I say what God wants. I go where God wants. I, I'm going to live how God wants. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Then everything else in life will be added unto you. Guys, it's Bible. It's Bible. It's Bible. We've got to have a characteristic that we deny ourselves, where we don't put us first. Deny yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. You really needed this. I've got to deny myself. You know, it's not an easy thing to deny yourself. Sometimes we act like Christianity is a task. It's not a task, it's a cause. It's a cause. Remember David preparing to go fight Goliath, and he looks at everyone who's telling him that he's not going to succeed. And he looks at him and he says, Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? You know, it's one thing to have a vision, vision is vital but there's something bigger than vision there's something greater than vision something actually more important than vision and it's the cause for the cause of the kingdom we've got to live for a cause you got to be willing to die for the cause i got to let myself die be crucified it's no longer i that lives but christ who's living through me it's his life god's life god's way can i ask you to challenge yourself this week to take the areas of your life that you're already aware of that you don't need discernment that you don't need a visitation you don't need angels to meet you at the end of the bed in the morning you already know these areas of your life would you just begin to deny yourself and say you know what I already know God doesn't like this in my life. I already know I act this way and it's unpleasing to God. I already know I think these thoughts and they're they're, they're not in alignment with God's word. I already know. How about we do what we can do? I don't think we need miracles. We're going to see miracles. But I don't think we need the miraculous. I think we need discipline. You know, it doesn't take courage To obey God. It takes wisdom. I submit to you that if you're not yet a tither, that it's not going to take courage to pay your tithes, it takes wisdom. Jesus said anyone who hears these sayings of mine and doeth them is a wise man, building his house on a rock. Anyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, he's a foolish man. Building his house on the sand, a great's gonna be the fall of his house. It's not courage or fear. It's wisdom versus foolishness. in growing kids God's way, they teach you that a child, there's certain things, you know, It's there's certain things a child does wrong because he doesn't know any better. That's childishness. But once the child is trained, if he continues to do those things that he knows wrong, he stepped from childishness into foolishness. For us to continue to do what we know God doesn't want us to do is foolishness. We're foolish. We're, we live weak. Ephesians 6.10, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You might think that we're free from the law, but there's 1,050 commandments in the New Testament. What are we going to do with them? You know, the Bible says be strong. It's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. If strength is a commandment, then weakness is a sin. I can't live a weak life. Matthew 11:12. 12, from the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, the violent take it by force. There's a strength that's got to be birth inside of a believer that'll cause him to rise up and live the life that God's called and created him to live. We can't live weak. It's weak to live like the world lives. It's weak to go through life offended because somebody said something to you in a voice that you didn't like. I don't appreciate the way you said that. That's weak. Well, they hurt my feelings. <laughs> How long have you been a believer? 37 years. It hasn't worked much. Unfortunately, your relationship to God's not of great value because it doesn't make you any different than anyone else. This is, come on, guys, you know that this is a great problem when it comes to church life. The easiest people to offend on the planet Christians. Some of you are already offended. I'm not even done yet. I still got 15 minutes. Wait till I'm done. You'll be totally ripped. We live weak Christianity. We're on decaf. Decaf Christianity. Well, you know, caffeine. It'll keep you up at night. Sometimes makes you nervous. That's what Christianity does. Sometimes it'll keep you up all night. Might make you a little bit nervous. So we settle in for decaf. We want to go to church. We'd like to sing a few songs that we like. We'd, we'd like to, you know, to hear a, an encouraging word that tells us everything's going to be all right, even though we know we're living like hell. Wrong church. Hello? It's wrong house. Now, the picture that I see, I tell you what, there's so many ways to approach this because the picture that I see of our future, I guarantee you, if we begin to unfold that, we'll be running around the room waving white hankies, shouting, and all excited about what God's going to do. But we miss our opportunity if we let that become the motivating factor of our walk with God. I believe that God wants to bring real wholeness to your home, that he wants to produce incredible peace in your house, that he wants the security that comes from being in the family of God to be developed in your life in such a manner that nothing can take your mind off of the reality that you are his and he is yours. I believe that God wants to just cause you to lay down in the middle of, the, middle of the greatest storms and find great rest and great blessing in your sleep. I believe that God w- w- just, that his plan for our future is so amazing. But if we continue to live life like people who don't know God? We miss the point. Do you desire to be his disciple? Do you really desire to be a follower of Christ? Or did you just want to be a church attender? I just want to make it to heaven. I, I just want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I think we might even want to question the reality of that truth if we don't live for God. That was a popular statement. How dare you tell me I'm not saved? How dare you live like you're not? We got t shirts and bumper stickers, but we ain't got no results. We shouldn't be broken. We shouldn't be bruised. We shouldn't be defeated. We shouldn't care about what the world's doing, what the enemy's saying, about the challenges that we're facing, it shouldn't matter to us. Why? Because we have relevant relationship with God. That's all that matters. That's all, that's all that matters. You know, it doesn't really matter if the guitar's a little bit out of tune on the middle of a song. We, 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 it doesn't really matter if, if things aren't going the way that we think they should over there, or at home, or on the job, or in the city, or in the government, or in the world. No, what really matters is that we have a connection to a life-giving force through jesus christ and our heart is passionately in pursuit of more of god i want more of god what do you desire need you to go home this week and increase your desire grow your desire we need to press in and ask god to help kindle a flame not one that we've made but one that he's started Father, change our minds, change our hearts, change us completely from the inside out so that at the end of the day, we look more like Christ than we do the world. I think you'd be amazed at what you're going to look like when you actually surrender your will, your interest, that the things that really bring fulfillment and blessing to your life will come flooding in god's not trying to trick you he's not trying to rip you off he's actually trying to position you he's trying to bless you he's on your side he's for you remember what isaiah said who is there among you that's actually lived for god that's given their heart to god that lived to regret it no everyone that's ever done it is jumping up and down saying thank god i surrendered my life don't let the enemy deceive you by planting a seed in your heart that tells you that if you really surrender you're going to lose you can't lose with God you're not going to lose you're going to win deny yourself let me close with this thought that when you deny yourself you're accepting him When you deny yourself, you're accepting him. When you deny your will, you're accepting his will. Do you know that God's word says that he takes great pleasure in the prosperity of his servant? Do you know that his will is to help you, not to hurt you? Do you know that his will is to bless you? Do you know that his will is to heal you? Do you know that his will is to prosper you? Do you know that his will is is that you, he said, this is my desire, that, that you love one another so that your joy is full. When you deny your interest, you're accepting his. His interest is for you. The the Lord has been mindful of you. He will bless you. He will increase you more and more. You and your children. When you let your interests go, his interests come. His interest is for your good. His favor is upon your life. When when you let go of yourself, you accept him. And the favor of God is upon you. Your life. Look at somebody tell them, the favor of God is upon my life. Would you do me a favor? Would you just stand with me? Set your book down. I just want to pray for you today. I want us to take just a couple of minutes. And I just want us to to begin to to make some declaration together and I'll lead you. But first of all, just close your eyes and bow your head for just a moment while you stand here. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Tom, I need God. I don't have a relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm really not even born again. I need God in my life. And today, I want to deny myself. I want to receive Jesus Christ. I want the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace to become ruler of my heart. If you're here today and you're ready to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I know this is a little bit bold, but you can do it. It's the best decision you're ever going to make. Today I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. Would you just step out in the aisle and come meet me right here? Come on. Step out and come. I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. I want to receive him today. We're just going to wait for a moment. Please just step out and come. That's me. That's me that's me i I want jesus to come into my life i want him to change me from the inside out i'm not going to play any more games i don't want to be weak i want to be strong take a step of faith a leap of faith and come to the altar and receive the life that god offers you today don't let fear rob you what are people going to think who cares Tell you what they're going to think. They're going to be excited. They're going to be filled with joy. Come on, give the Lord a hand as these come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we magnify you. Come on. Don't hesitate. Just step out and join us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just reach your hands towards our sister. Father, I just thank you for this life. Thank you that you're about ready to change it for eternity. That what the enemy thought he had a hold of, he's lost his grip on. And now the life of God, God life is going to explode inside of this vessel. Life's never going to be the same again. Life's never going to be the same again. Father, we receive the love. We receive mercy. We receive grace. We receive strength, healing, restoration coming to this life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Church, give the Lord one more hand. Sis, would you do me a favor? Will you turn and go with her and just let her pray with you? Come on, church, celebrate. (laughs) Celebrate. Hallelujah. Now, while you're standing in the presence of God, listen to me. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm ready to increase my passion. I want to increase my desire. I really want to, to, to surrender some things to God. I'm ready to deny myself. I want you just to step out and join me now down here across the front. Let's just fill up the front. We're going to make some declarations together. We're going to bring uh, the presence of God and, and just let it explode inside of us. You ready for Change. You're ready for change, you refuse to remain the same, just step out and come. I I believe that there ought to be more than two or three of us that are, who have a desire to be a disciple. They really want to increase that, uh, you know, that passion to be a, a, a pursuer of God. I want to be a God chaser. I'm ready. I'm ready for more of God. Just come, just lift your hands up and begin to worship God. Just begin to worship God. Father, we magnify your name. We magnify your name. I want you at the top of your voice to say, The favor of God is upon my life. Come on, say it. The favor of God is upon my life. I surrender my life. And I accept God's life. I surrender my life. I accept God's life. Change me, Lord, from the inside out. I desire hope, I desire strength, I desire passion to pursue God and God alone in Jesus' name. Father, right now as we stand here in your presence, Lord, we don't want to be the same. Father, we do not want to be the same. God, we ask you to change us create a fire inside of our heart that burns away the selfishness that we've grown accustomed to lord we don't want to live only for that which we like we want to live for the one that we love god we want to love you more than we love anything else in life father we pursue you today god we need you put a hunger inside of us put a hunger inside of us lord where we can't go through one more day without bringing your presence, by allowing your participation. Father, the days that we get so busy, so hurried, so rushed that we go through life without you, we repent. Father, this isn't our life. This is Christ's life through us. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me, through me. Father, When we've taken back the reins, when we've tried to take back control, we surrender. We surrender, Lord. We deny ourselves. We ask you to come back, be seated on the throne of our heart. Be exalted. Be exalted. Give us a hunger. Give us a thirst for more of you. For more. God, we need more of you. We need more of you. Just begin to tell him, I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you, Lord. Don't stand here quiet. Come on, open your mouth. Tell God, I need you. I desire you. I want the future you planned out. Father, if it means walking away from my interest, I want to release my interest that I might receive yours. I want more of you in my life. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied to remain the same, unchanged. I don't want to be average, God. I want to. I want to be extraordinary. I want the supernatural to show up in my life. I surrender. I surrender. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we magnify your name. We magnify your name, O oh God. Be exalted, Lord. Be exalted, Lord. I have decided. That's going to be way too hard. I have decided. To follow Jesus, I have decided.